but it's a real privilege and a real excitement for me just to be able to share with you for a few moments this morning. Um, we're in a sort of mini-series just talking about what it means to be an apostolic people. And that's a topic that's been dear to my heart for about 40 years, probably since I first heard that term. And it's something that I think I've pursued for pretty much the whole of my Christian life. Um, I'm afraid it's not going to be a, a preach with lots of sort of points in order. I thought about trying to do a PowerPoint, and it's probably going to be a wee bit scattergun. Uh, but uh, I trust that there will be some things in there that God is going to just settle deep in your heart. Because to me, it, it's what the church is called to. It's what the church is about. And so um, we're going to jump in, and hopefully I can get through in my time. <laughs> so, yeah, what does it mean to be an apostolic people? And I want to first of all just remind us of a couple of prophecies that have come to the church, um, and which kind of lay a base for why we as a, a family have pursued some of these things. So Julian Adams, who was mentioned just a moment ago, I think it was possibly even his, that same visit, uh, said that we would be an apostolic incubating base, that the day of the pastoral wineskins over, and to think of yourself in terms of a greenhouse where there'll be experiments, hybrids, different kinds of plants coming together and producing fruit that's never been seen before, and that would be strong apostolic and prophetic gifts that would arise among us. And then going back a long time, well, probably around the time that we first joined the church, um, a guy called Steve Appel, who was, is a recognized prophet, he said about us that we would be a beacon church, that we'd be a lampstand on a hill that can't be hidden, a very bright and large light that can be seen from miles around. Many will come because of the bright light. And he said that we would be a church that was characterized by the super by uh, yeah, the supernatural being manifested consistently, that would be dis demonstrated through powerful spiritual gifts. Many parts of the church family will contribute. And so these are things that I think, I mean, this was long before we ever really got into all this stuff. This was back in, I think, 2000 and six or seven or sometime, something like that. So it was before we really began to tap into what God was leading us into. And I think it's been uh, true, but I think there's yet more to come. So there's a call on Hope Church that actually God wants us to be a demonstration. He's called us to be different. He's called us to break the mold and he's called us to be a forerunner, an, an example, to bring unity in the church, to bring freedom, um, and to reveal his kingdom on the earth. This is an apostolic call. And so I want to explore this a little bit more this morning. What it is that God's called us to? Maybe a little bit of what that looks like. Still very much an experimental journey, and I, I hope you're up for the ride. Um, so... Let's begin just by reminding ourselves what the word apostle means. So it comes from the Greek, um, as many of our biblical words were. But it wasn't originally a word that was used in the church. It was used um, to describe either uh, an emissary or um, somebody who was sent. And it was a word that was kind of taken on by the church. And 
we, you know, we now see an apostle, somebody basically who has been sent by God, maybe to a specific place or to a region, and they come with a message, and they, they come as a gift to the church. Now, in the New Testament, there were 12 apostles initially, um, and they uh, were the ones who kind of walked with Jesus, and then more were added to their number as well. And so, yeah, there's been this kind of heritage of apostles through the church. And Ephesians 4 kind of sets the scene for this. It says, and he gave some as apostles, some as prophets, some as evangelists, some as pastors and teachers, for the equipping of the saints, for the works of ministry, for the building up of the body of Christ until we all attain unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God to a mature man, to the measure of the stature which belongs to the fullness of Christ. So there we see some of the purpose of the gifts that God gives to the church. And then in 1 Corinthians 12, it says, Now you are Christ's body and individually parts of it. And God has appointed in the church first apostles, second prophets, third teachers, then miracles and gifts of healing, helps, administrations, and various kinds of tongues. Are all apostles? No. Are all prophets? No. Are all teachers? No. Are all workers of miracles? No. All, do all have the gifts of healing? No. Do all speak in tongues? Etc., etc. But it says, earnestly desire the greater gifts. So apostles then are gifts that are given to the church. They're part of the functioning body. And they're God-appointed. Now, I think there are many perhaps self-appointed apostles out there. And there's, I think, an awful, awful lot of misunderstanding of what, about what an apostle actually is and does within the church. Um, and I think that's maybe one of the things we're called to, is to actually cut through some of the misappropriation of words, perhaps, and to restore God's heart in, in this whole area. When we think of the picture of the body, I think of the apostle actually as the heartbeat of the church, the beating heart. The apostle is the one who brings that kind of life-giving flow. And without it, the body would die, or at least it's going to end up on life support, you know, which isn't a lot of use to anybody, really. It's preserving, but it's not allowing uh, the body to function as it should. So for me, the, the apostle is kind of the beating heart of the church, the driving force, the one who carries God's agenda. And it's a foundational ministry. So in that passage in 1 Corinthians 12, it talks about first apostles. And I, I refer to this as the apostolic priority, if you like. It's important that it's the apostles who are the ones who are setting the tone in the church. If we don't, we end up with a skewed view of A, what the church is, and B, what God looks like as well. And God is restoring his apostolic view to the church. Now, I'm going to take a moment to describe what can happen when the apostles actually aren't present in the church. Now, these are caricatures. They're not pictures of a particular church or anything like that. 
they're probably taking things to the extreme. So just a, a wee health warning. But actually, if we don't put the apostles first in the church, then other gifts will take the lead. These gifts are great. They're amazing. We need them. But if we don't put the apostle in the place of kind of giving that life-giving flow, then we end up in some difficulties. Now, in the Western church, particularly 20th, 21st century, we've got very used to seeing uh, pastors and teachers who lead the way. And there are a lot of great things about this. You know, people feel very secure. They feel very loved. They feel intellectually challenged, perhaps. And it, it's really great. But often the other gifts don't thrive in that place. So the prophetic, you know, they're often seen as a bit weird, out there. You know, your Ezekiel's and, you know, torn robes and down wells and all these different things. It was Jeremiah, wasn't it? Yeah. Um, so uh, but, uh, typically in that environment, prophets don't thrive. Similarly, the evangelists are probably seen as, you know, those crazies who are always talking to G people about Jesus and actually just make you feel a little bit uncomfortable. And the church can actually become about people being comfortable, about people feeling safe and secure, but that can often lead to inaction and uh, a lack of, I guess, pursuit of the things that God has. Because actually, some of the things that God has for us are not comfortable and easy. <laughs> Talk to Andy about that. He'll, <laughs> he'll tell you that that's the truth. Now, we need the pastoral gift within the church. The pastoral gift, and I'll, I'll talk about it in a minute, is, is so much more than just making us feel comfortable. Um, but sometimes that is what it's become. In some churches, you see around that actually the evangelists take the lead. You know, it's all about getting people saved. Nothing else really matters as long as people are coming into the kingdom. But often we find in this environment that things become a bit dysfunctional. Um, you lose direction. There are hurting people hey, as long as people are getting saved, you know, we're just going to live with that. And again, that is not a picture of healthy church life. If a church is built about profit, around profits, again, you think that can be great, it can be a lot of fun. Um, you know, the, you're just hearing God constantly, there's this constant flow of the now word of God. But again, it can come and become a bit self-seeking and... Again, it's not necessarily the healthiest model that we might uh, pursue. Now, we'll see in a moment that all these gifts are actually beautiful. They're so much a part of God's heart for the church. But we have to put the jigsaw pieces together in the right order for it to work and to function healthily. Now, as I say, this is a journey we're still on. We're still learning. But... We do believe it's something that, that God has spoken to us and uh, something that we have to pursue. So what's different if we give the apostolic gift the place that Scripture teaches us? Well, it releases all of these other gifts to function as they should. Now, as we saw in Ephesians 4, these gifts are ultimately to equip us. They're ultimately 
to make us ready for works of service. The apostolic gift sets the direction of travel. Travel. He's heaven's emissary, or she, and that priority was expressed by Jesus when he taught the disciples to pray. He said, our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven. And to me, that is the heart, the essence of the apostolic. It's that thing of bringing heaven to earth. So when we become an apostolic people, we become an outpost of heaven on earth. We are the expression of God and his presence. We're like yeast that infiltrates the whole dough. The culture of heaven becomes permeated through us, and it becomes permeated into our society as well. And so that's really, I guess, the apostolic mandate. There's lots of threads to that, which I don't have time to talk about this morning, but that is at the heart of the apostolic mandate. And as we receive the apostolic gift, we personally also become more apostolic. We release heaven's atmosphere wherever we go. So we overflow in the miraculous. Our gifts are activated, and they're given a context in which to work. And there's a whole bunch here that we could unpack. I just wanted to just say a couple of things about what that can look like for the other gifts. So, as I said, in other paradigms, often the prophetic is uh, seen as a bit out there, often ignored. In the apostolic uh, domain, the prophetic is honored. It's seen as valid. It's seen as an essential part of the jigsaw that God's putting together. It helps to determine our trajectory, the way that we go, the direction of travel. As the prophets hear God and submit their, um, what, the, what they're hearing, it informs the way that we go. We listen, we weigh, and we act accordingly. The pastors, as I said, it's so more than just making people feel happy. The heart of the pastor, as I understand it, is that actually people should become free, that they should become whole, and that they should become mature in their faith. Now, there are moments where that's going to look like putting your arm around somebody's shoulders and you know, just letting them cry on your shoulder. Other times, that's going to look like, come on, you can do this. Sometimes it's going to be imparting um, you know, just skills or wisdom, and so many different things. But people, the pastors equip people to be the best version of themselves. Teachers, again, teaching isn't just about imparting knowledge. Now, that's a part of it. But actually, in the apostolic environment, I believe that the teachers are there to actually give a context to the move of God among us. When the apostles take the lead, God is going to show up Things sometimes are going to look messy, um, but actually the teachers are there to help us to um, understand that, to put that in context, to put it in a scriptural context. Again, so much more to what teachers can do, but that's just one aspect that perhaps stands out, I think, as a bit different what we've traditionally seen teachers to be. That enables us to embrace it with confidence. You know, when the weird stuff's going on or whatever, actually, if we have teachers who are saying, actually, in the scripture, 
you know, they all fell down under the presence of the Spirit. That's normal. It gives us a, a confidence and enables us to actually be at peace when things seem a little bit, maybe out of hand even. And then the evangelist as well. You know, evangelism isn't just about stadium events or big meetings or whatever, but actually the evangelists equip us to share the gospel, to share the life of Jesus with people around us. Okay. So all of these gifts as well in the apostolic environment will reproduce themselves. So we all become more apostolic. We bring more of the atmosphere of heaven. We all become more prophetic. So we hear God's voice for ourselves and for one another. We become more pastoral. We encourage and we build up one another. We support one another in so many different ways. We become more evangelistic, able to share the good news of Jesus with those that we encounter. Okay, so how does this all relate to us here at Hope and what we're pursuing? I've said it's a bit of an untrodden path. There are not many places on earth who are doing this. You know, we've learned a lot from Bethel Church in California who have been real pioneers in, in pursuing this. There are aspects of what we see in Bethel that perhaps doesn't translate to British culture, but actually they've been real pioneers in um, just pursuing this thing of the apostolic. We've run alongside uh, a church in uh, Kent called Eastgate and Pete Carter, who's there, and again, just on a similar journey to us, and it's been incredibly uh, empowering to be working along alongside them as well. Now, I believe that actually for us to really grasp this and to move forward, we need to recognize the apostolic gifts that we have among us. You know, when Lydia and I first came to Hope Church back in 2005, one of the things that we saw instantly when we came in here was that actually Andy carries an incredible apostolic gift. And I think it's very easy for us to forget that, you know. Yeah, like Jesus, you know, he, he couldn't do any miracles in Nazareth, or very few, because, you know, he was just Joseph's son. He was the carpenter's son, and people didn't receive him for the gift that he was. Um, I think we need to actually examine our hearts and uh, actually receive Andy for the gift he is. I think it's very easy when we're around uh, people and around the things that we do uh, just to become maybe blasé or not to even realize that this isn't actually normal. If you go and visit other churches for any length of time, you'll find actually that there's something quite remarkable happening here in Hope. And Andy has been very much a driving force for this. And I want to honor Andy, actually. He has pursued this relentlessly. He has given blood, sweat, tears, the lot to pursue the apostolic and I, I don't feel like we're getting everything from Andy that we do we could do you know I've traveled on ministry trips with him and just the stuff that breaks out around him the prophetic the release of people into freedom 
um, healings, um, just here, there, and everywhere. And when he comes back from the trip and he shares those things, it's incredible. But actually, I believe as we lean into Andy's gift, that's what we should be seeing as normal in our environment as well. Um, so I, I want to encourage you. You know, Andy is a great guy. He, you know, he's the, the core of Hope family. But actually, the gift he carries is an incredible gift for God, from God for us. And we need to reach into that because actually I think that's a key to act, us becoming all that God has called us to be. Now, in the eldership team, we recognize that gift and we follow that gift. But actually, there's a deferring because we all carry different gifts. And so you know, Andy sets that apostolic kind of direction, but actually all the other gifts then flow in and mix with that. And as we've grown our vision management team, we've got folk on there with teaching and pastoral gifts as well, who are all feeding into this. And as we catch this kind of apostolic flow and these other gifts weave in with that, it's incredibly powerful. And I believe that, you know, God has something incredible for us as a church. So quickly, I'm going to try and finish because I'm aware my time is nearly gone. So what are the hallmarks of what God wants to do among us? I think the first thing is worship. Actually, it's something that has grown in, in, in Hope Church. It's something that people who touch Hope Church are influenced by. So it was lovely to hear Duncan and Ruth um, a couple of weeks ago just saying how the worship at Hope had sustained them um, through a couple of years out in the outback in Australia. Um, you know, guys like Danny Silk have come into Hope Church, who's been around the world, and, and said, you know, actually, the worship here is some of the best he had ever experienced. Julian Adams, who we've mentioned before, has, uh, when he was here in 2019, again, just picked out worship as one of those key areas, as something that God's doing. And worship is central to this apostolic um, direction because worship is where we encounter God worship is the atmosphere of heaven it's it's actually what's happening in heaven 24 7 and as we worship here we're bringing heaven to earth so worship is really a, one of those keys signs and wonders it's something we've talked about a lot and again it's one of those things that is a distinctive in the apostolic environment and so, obviously, that, that's something that we're going to pursue. Um, sometimes it brings up hard questions. You know, why doesn't somebody get healed? Um, yeah, I think there are things that, you know, there's a mystery sometimes in uh, our pursuit of God. And I think, you know, that's something that, you know, it's the tension that we walk in. Freedom. God's purpose for every one of us is to be free. Yeah, it's to be free from fear, to be free from the fear of what people think of us, to be free to live the life that he has for us, to be free to share his love and his um, heart to people around us. And so again, looking to create, if you like, a non-coercive environment. You know, we're not telling you, you've got to do this. 
But we trust that as you catch the heart of what God's doing, you're going to throw yourself into the things that he's put in your heart. It's about equipping. So creating an environment where we can all tap into heaven's resources. So we've run things like Hope School of Supernatural Living. Um, we've put on conferences to bring in gifts that we believe will uh, help us on our journey. We've got a new mentoring program coming up, which is really exciting as well. Again, just to push us and provoke us to go further in God. We're growing new pastoral structures. We've, you know, small groups are going from strength to strength. And again, we have things in the calendar to help us grow in evangelism over this coming year as well. So it is really exciting. So as we emerge from the pandemic, pandemic, you know, a lot of things have changed. But I feel like this is a reset moment for us. It's a moment to think back and embrace what God has spoken over us as a family. A time to think about what he's spoken over us personally as well. Find out those prof prophetic words again. Stir them up, you know, just as Dougal and Leslie uh, acting here on a prophetic word from nine years ago. Wow. You know, those words, they are there, they stand, and, uh, you know, God wants to bring them to pass. So as we step into this apostolic flow, I believe that it's, this is uh, a time when God is going to activate things, where things are going to accelerate and it's a moment to set our hearts once more to pursue, to pursue him. He's the lover of our soul. Um, and to pursue the call that he's put on our lives. Uh, it's very easy, I think. You know, we've come from a, a time where we've been sat in our rooms. It's been you know, very undemanding. We can access church from our front room or whatever. Um, but it's a time actually just to reassess again and say, okay, God, what can I do? What can I be part of? Um, is that all right? Yeah. Okay. So, so yeah, that's kind of my <laughs> random thoughts of Mark about the ap apostolic. Um, yeah. Father, let, I just thank you for all that you have called us to, for each of us individually, God, I thank you for the gifts that you've put in us. I thank you for the passions that you've put in us. And God, I just pray that in this season, it will be a time when those passions and gifts will be reignited, where we connect um, with the purpose for hope as a family as well. God, I just pray that we would learn to receive the apostolic, that we would learn to live in the flow of that. God, do take us out of our comfort zones. Do stretch us. Do grow us in this season. Oh, yeah. We thank you that actually ultimately it's, it's not about a church, but it's, it's about you. It's about your commission of us bringing the rest of the world into connection with you. <laughs> you are so good, God.
we're just going to sing. We're going to sing our Father in heaven. And there's a line in there that says, let heaven come. And as we sing that, I just want you to ask the Father, how can I bring heaven? What are the things that you've put in my hand to bring heaven? How can I bring heaven in hope? How can I bring heaven in my family, in uh, the people that I meet day by day? Yeah, God, that is our cry. Let heaven come. God, we yield ourselves to you now. Lord, we lay down past hurts and past disappointments, past expectations, and we lean into you. We want to be your instruments. We want to be sharpened. We want to be trained. We want to be impassioned for you. God, that as we catch sight of you again and again, that our response will be to lay down our lives for you. Yeah, we're told to take up our cross. (laughs) Maybe that isn't popular, but God, you are worth every ounce of our energy, every ounce of our being to make earth look like heaven. Oh, Lord, and Lord, you know we need it. God, look like heaven. May we be part of that. Amen.